Scott, I don't have I don't the mental mean. space to remember all of the names of Kramer's unseen friends on Seinfeld. <laughs> you are listening to From the Dome to Your Home podcast, the Municipal Association's weekly look at legislative action and issues facing cities and towns around the state. I'm your host, Casey Fields. Scott, welcome back, my friend. Here we are again. Another another podcast, another Thursday. Another week. Another gone legislative by. week. Yes. The, unlike last week, they have concluded today. Right. Last week we were last recording. Last week we were still were, recording while they were still going. Right. right. Thankfully, everybody has adjourned. There's still some meetings going on, I think, here and there. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, some Senate finance, a couple of Senate finance meetings oh, yeah. and um a couple of um ways and means call I mean not ways and means house caucus meetings, but other than that, I think that they're ready to get out of here. The Senate finance meetings are those agency briefings that we talked about a couple of weeks ago, right? That's correct. Yeah. That's correct. And then the Freedom Caucus is meeting in the House and the Freshman Caucus. So that means somebody's going to miss out on one of those meetings since there are some freshmen who are also freedom. It, it means that a couple folks are double booked. Right. That's what that means. Right. Um. I would say a call. Well, I, this is about to come out of my mouth, and then I would say no. it wasn't. Um, not a calmer week, just a different issue. Um, even more disagreements. House was dealing with the anti-abortion bill, correct? Again, um, what they passed, while it is probably better than in comparison to last year's bill, correct? While it's better compared to that one, it still is unlikely to meet the approval of enough senators right. to become law. And that continues, Scott, to be the, I guess, the the stopping point of that bill is that the, the number of votes that it takes to pass the Senate right. is just not there. Well, and the the problem with the House bill is the fact that even though they added in exceptions this time, it still bans abortion from conception forward. Right. As opposed to the Senate bill that was largely the same six-week abortion ban bill Mm -hmm. they passed last year. They just, the Senate passed that that again Mm -hmm. with some modifications based on the Supreme Court case. The House was quite clear yesterday, I believe, in saying even with those changes to satisfy the Supreme Court, a six-week abortion ban is not good enough for us. Mm-hmm. So obviously we're going to be headed to another collision course like that's we right. had last in, year. In conference committee? Is that you think that's where it's headed, well, or do you think they're going to be able to I don't. I don't know, Casey, that we can even say that yet since neither body seems too jazzed up about taking up the other's bill. Right. It, it's going to be, Scott, it, 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 we're getting to a point now where do you want to restrict abortion and are you willing to make some concessions in order to restrict it further than it is currently or are you really just trying to make a point I don't know. With your constituents. I, I can't even begin to guess that. Stand well, up. Well, I, I can. And, well, you know so, what I mean? So the only way forward now that I can see is for one or the other chamber to take up the other's bill, 
strike and insert with their own language. And then non-concur. Then non-concur, which puts it, puts it potentially, puts it into a conference committee, makes it eligible for a conference committee. But ultimately, we're right back where we were last year. And we're both talking with our hands and we are using our, we are using our hands to discuss this issue. And I'll tell you, based on conversations that I've had, it is very clear to me that everybody is ready to get this behind them in some way or another so that we can move on to things that are more substantially important to a greater number of people across the state. Like maybe tax reform? I, anything maybe. at this point. There's a, lot, there's a lot of really easy bills that could be de- debated and potentially passed. That would help our, our residents of Economic development. That's right. Economic development, you know, voting. There's lots of things that could take place, could be debated, but it's not because we're occupied with these other things. Um, Scott, speaking of occupied, let's occupy ourselves with a little municipal trivia, shall we? Nice segue. Thank you. That's what we in the biz call a segue, Mr. Producer. Thank you so much. I'm really getting good at this. Um, (laughs) Scott, your question for the day. Yep. For the week, really, okay. not the day. Mm-hmm. God, what if we did this daily? That uh, would be amazing. And we took callers. Of the most common city names found across the United States, mm-hmm. how many of these names are used by South Carolina cities? I will repeat the question. Okay. For a thousand dollars, a thousand dollars, and the daily double. You ain't got a thousand dollars. Of them, you're exactly right. A hundred percent. I do not have a thousand dollars. What are you talking about? Of the most common. No, but one of our sponsors could give you a. That's true. A treat. Send us a box of that. A treat like cookies or a treat like beer or. 1411 Gervais Street, uh, 29201. You can't have beer. I forgot. Or cookies. Of the most common city names found across the United States. How many of these names are used by South Carolina cities? At the end of the podcast, we'll give you the answer. I'll try and guess each of them, even though I don't know what the number is. Okay, yeah, I'm not really, I I just want the cities, like yeah. I don't care about right. numbers. I'm going to give you some numbers, okay. some stats. Yeah, maybe if you give me the give me the number, and then I can okay, go about figuring, figuring, it, figuring that out. Or okay, you can give me I'm the gonna, number I'm going to give you the number, yes. Okay. So you can think about it. All right. Four. Oh, okay. That shouldn't be too hard. Okay. All right. Excellent. Well, just think about it. I hope I have my buzzer ready so I can, like when you get it incorrect. Let's move on to the business of the day. Okay. We had several things happen this week that we need everybody to know about. Yes. First of all, we had movement on Senate Bill 31. Mm-hmm. That is the municipal compilation audits for cities and towns with a revenue less than $500,000. Right. You and Erica went to that. Senate Finance Subcommittee. Yep. And Erica Wright, who is our public policy and legislative advocate, she testified in favor of the bill. She did. She's been working very hard on this bill, talking to senators and making sure everybody understands what this is and how it would help um, some of our very small cities. Yes. And senators were cool with it, right? Absolutely. They uh, they asked some good questions, a couple of them, and passed that bill on to the full Senate Finance Committee unanimously. We had That's what uh, I like to hear. Prior to that subcommittee, we met with, Eric and I met with Senator Danny Verdon from Lawrence. Right. And he's the, he was the subcommittee chair. chair. Mm-hmm. 
and had a good conversation with him, explained to him what we were seeking because we needed to have an amendment introduced to, to that bill okay. that refined it and made it better than what, how it was filed originally. Mm-hmm. And so we explained that amendment to Senator Verdon. He was cool with it, asked some good questions, and was very complimentary of the legwork that Erica had done in speaking to all of the subcommittee members prior right. to the meeting, right. getting them comfortable with the with the bill, answering their questions in advance, and then uh, they had a couple of questions that they wanted to ask once we got into the subcommittee. Senator Brad Hutto from Orangeburg, who's the primary sponsor of the bill, mm-hmm. was at the subcommittee. He here. has a lot of small towns in his Senate. He district. does, and in fact, during the subcommittee meeting, um, somebody mentioned that they when they drive down. Highway 321, yes. there's a lot of I mean, those you're that just would probably going... qualify. And Senator Hutto said, yep, those are all mine. Yeah, exactly. So, exactly. He's, he's I've right. done that drive before from Hampton to Columbia on 321. Yes, that is my that is my summer route to and from that part of the state. I do love because, that route. I really do. Well, because 95 and 26 are generally parking, parking lots. lots. Yeah. It's a much, much um, nicer drive. Something else in the Senate that we're quite pleased um happened is the Senate gave third reading to Senate Bill 363. That is the ban on vehicles that are raised four inches higher in the front fender. Squat truck. Than in the back. So they've been called squat trucks, Carolina squat, or so squatty. So get this. The All other right. the other day when I was driving home You've done I, this to your truck? I was no I haven't. Okay. Although although Big Bubby considered it when he was younger when and he was driving right. the truck but he didn't get any money so right just well like you. let he, me go ahead and asterisk that big bubby is scott's nickname for his son joshua right um but i saw a truck that was a reverse squat what yes the front end was the lowered. butt was up the front end was lowered but the the rear end was up in the air so how are you gonna see out of your rear view mirror well it's just like if you're driving like a box truck or a fire truck, you don't have you a have window a camera out. on you the back well, so you, you could. can see. Yeah, that's modern technology, but otherwise you're using your side mirrors. That's how you have to drive a. I, I think that's how you have to drive a larger vehicle. That's what I would do. I, uh, so yeah, that was I th- I, you know I thought it was kind of ironic that it was reversed. Right. It was a, a reverse squat so, truck. Is that is that squat or is that? I don't know, but let's not try. I'm not going to try to have the producer bleep out a word that you could come up with on the fly. Okay. All right. Fair enough. So 363 was passed by the Senate. It was read across the desk today, Thursday, in the House and referred to House Education and Public Works Committee. That makes sense. So if you are interested in continuing a clean squat squat truck bill, then you need to talk to members of the House Education and Public Works Committee. Chaired by Representative Shannon Erickson from Port Royal. That's right. She will be glad to hear from our folks in support of that bill moving forward. That's exactly right. Now, remember last year the squat squat truck got run over by the UTV and... That's exactly right. It got KO'd by the UTV and the um, catalytic catalytic converter. I think I just saw. Let's I was trying to keep that was clean this year. Checking all the news articles as I do every morning, and I saw where a lady um, stopped a catalytic converter theft. I kind of thought yeah. that was yeah, you over, just, but you crawl, I guess people are still. You, you crawl under the car with your sawzall and you just cut off either end of the exhaust system with the 
catalytic converter in between. And is then, it disturbing to anyone else that you know how to do that? Well, when I was a kid, my father, when, when we still used leaded gas, okay, we still had leaded gas. That was in the 40s and 50s? It was in the 70s and the 80s. My father took the catalytic converter off of one of our cars and banged out all of the precious material that's inside of it, not right. because he wanted that to sell. He didn't know what it was. He did it so that he could run regular gas in the car because it was much cheaper than unleaded gas. Interesting. I remember him doing that. It was my father was he was still is. Right. A, I was about to a, say, he's he a is. he's an odd duck sometimes. Um <laughs> Then, always, he was always looking for a way to save a dollar. Well, Cause, aren't cause we, we all these days? Because we didn't have any. So. Aren't we all these <laughs> so days? We had to be frugal. Um, so tell me, also, Joni attended um, the budget, the House Ways and Means Budget Proviso Subcommittee meeting, mm-hmm. where they take a look at the budget proviso packet, and they go through provisos that were in the budget currently, that need to be removed or added or anything like that. There yeah. were several um, provisos of note. Yeah, one in particular is is not a new one, but it had been suspended, I guess, or for had two been, years had been substituted for right. over two years, and That's that right. one deals with the requirement that cities and towns conduct a, a municipal audit, a, a financial audit, right, and then submit a copy of that audit to the state treasurer's office. In previous budgets, the proviso says, if you don't do that, then the state treasurer will withhold all of your local government funds. The last two budgets, however, that had been suspended in lieu of a proviso that said, hey, look, because of the pandemic, we're going to release these funds to the cities and towns so that they have the money to conduct the audits. Mm-hmm. Well, that one's now gone or should be, will be gone. Right. Well, it it so they just suspended it, so it will just go back to what it normally says. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So the old one will be back in effect. That's right. So if you don't conduct your municipal audit, then you will have all of your short-term, your short-term rentals, your local government funds withheld from you. And it says 100%. The other part of the ad equation, and we'll talk about this in just a second, uh-huh. is that cities and towns have to complete each year a local government government finance report okay. and submit that to the Revenue and Fiscal Affairs Office. If cities and towns don't do that, then 10% of their local government funds are withheld. So okay. if you're on both lists, you're not getting anything. If you're on the LGFR delinquent list, then, right. then 10% of your local government funds are withheld. And this goes back to our attempt to help some of our smaller cities and towns whose audits cost more than what they receive in the local government right. fund. Is that correct? So that segues That's us it, to back to right. Senate Bill 31. 31. Right. Okay. Yeah. Great, great comparison there. Right. There also, there is the proviso in the budget that allows retirees under the South Carolina retirement system and the police officers retirement system Mm -hmm. to return to work with no cap and salary after a 12 month break in service. That proviso remained in the budget as well as several provisos that deal with the one percent, the 2% increase and then the, uh, the health insurance increases. The return to work one isn't dependent on COVID uh, 
COVID response. No, there, just, there's one in there yeah, about that, right. but then there's a separate it's one a straight up that allows back because after 12 months. you remember they did that because they couldn't get the bill passed, right? And so they just put it as a proviso in the budget, right? Which is a great illustration of what we've taught before in some of our advocacy classes, and that um. Sometimes if you can't get permanent law change, just put it in the budget. Well, and I'm glad they included that in there again this year since we can't seem to get the bill passed. Right. But that's right. it still is, makes it difficult for cities and towns and sure. kind of local governments of any kind sure. or any government, state, you know, governments in the state to get a good grip on how they can fill some of these positions or if they can fill some of these positions beyond – that one year of effectiveness within the state budget. Right. So so technically they could only do it from July 1 to June 30th of this year and next year. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's kind of tough to fill positions when you're in that spot. Right. So that's why we need a permanent law change to allow for that, But and we'll continue to work on it. Right. But, we'll continue to support that. But it's a good thing at, it, that here in February we know we can employ somebody at least until the end of June – Assuming that that proviso stays in the budget, which right. it likely will. Um, now, Scott, before, is there anything else that happened this week that you want to talk about before we get to our last big topic? Any other like procedural, you know, just bills that passed or committee or subcommittee um, meetings or anything else well, that you want to talk about so, before we get to our, because I have to issue a warning before we um, talk so about that. Senate, Senate Judiciary subcommittee met this morning and went through a couple of election bills mm-hmm. and they uh, appro- they approved the forwarding of Howie Knapp's nomination to be the executive director of the state election commission on up to full judiciary. He's been the interim for over a year yeah. now and uh, but he's not had he's not been he's not been confirmed permanently. He was asked a couple of questions, one of them from about fraud in elections in South Carolina, and he said there is no there is not widespread election fraud in South Carolina, particularly from for any statewide office, House member, senator. Right. He said there are some instances of fraud that take place, but those are at the local level, particularly among municipal elections in right. really small jurisdictions across the state. When he was asked to talk about one of those, he mentioned the Supreme Court case that just got uh, resolved for the town of Macby. Go Panthers. He didn't mention any others. So, um, you know, I think his his lament with regard to municipal elections is maybe some of these maybe there should be more and better state oversight over that process and certainly that's that could be a valid point, right? Uh, and we are always ready to sure. work with the local elected officials, the local election commissions, the state election commission. We use the state election commission as a resource; they use us as a resource. Mm-hmm. So, uh, to the extent that we need to work together to try and solve some of these issue, these issues, we will, we're willing to do so. Senate Judiciary also passed um, a bill that they combined with another bill. Senate Bill 330, yeah. I think, um, and that is penalties for shooting at an at an electrical 
grid. Actually, it's titled the shoot up an electric system. Shoot up bill. an electric system. A shoot 'em up. <laughs> you can't shoot up a. It says you can't shoot it up. Right. You can't shoot. They added cable systems to Correct. that bill, so you can't shoot up cable systems. Right. We talked about it or last electrical week. substations, and. That passed subcommittee. Yes. So if there's a full committee next week, which is not on the schedule yet, but right. that could change, you know, any minute, then it will be on the full agenda. Yeah. I can't think of anything else that was, I mean, we, you know, we conducted some business in the lobby this week. Uh, Erica yeah, and Joni did. That's right. Oh, yeah. Just kind of routine, regular sort of stuff. Um, um, so That's a great segue mm. conducting business in the lobby but yes. I, before we get to this discussion i just want to tell everybody if you do not worry about scott's health i'm in the room with him as he discusses this topic and so is <laughs> mr producer so i if don't he have appears, my bp cuff my new he, blood pressure right cuff that's what I, I should go ahead and hook hook that up um but we are going to now talk about short-term rentals and what happened mere hours ago um to further this. And I need everybody, I need I need local officials to pay attention. Yeah. Um I, I really need you to pay attention to this. And if it, we'll reach out to many many more of you in the coming weeks. I got a phone call from a And news- you were you were in the lobby, correct? I was walking to the state house okay. from the uh from the Gresset building from the Senate office building to go to the lobby. And I got a phone call from a Newspaper reporter asking me for my reaction to a press conference that she had attended that w- had been held by the r- real estate agents, the Real Estate Association across South Carolina, dealing with short-term rentals and their problems, or, or I guess their the issues that the real estate community has with short-term rentals and local regulation of them. Okay. After I gnashed my teeth and sort of cursed under my breath a little bit. Of course. I, she just said she'd come from a press conference. And I said, well, who, what, who put this on? Where right. Was what kind it? of press conference? And lo and behold, it was on the front steps of the state house today where the, um, the real estate lobby held that press conference with a couple of house members, specifically Representative Lee Hewitt from uh, Georgetown Merrill's Inlet and Representative Todd Rutherford from here in Columbia. And so I spoke to that reporter, gave her our position on short-term rentals and the fact that uh, local solutions are best left to local officials and their residents and businesses to figure out uh, a a one-size-fits-all approach is Mm -hmm. not what we need because what works in Myrtle Beach may not necessarily work in Spartanburg. Correct. Also uh, mentioned to her that no city or town in South Carolina has proposed to ban mm-hmm. short-term rentals from their jurisdictions. Certainly they... Like an outright ban nobody correct. can locate here ever. They certainly... In any place. Certainly are interested in regulating them where sure. they can be located and, within and, their jurisdictions. And Scott, But let nobody's me, proposing to ban them outright. Let me ask you this question. The demand for regulations... Mm-hmm for regulating these short-term rentals, Mm -hmm. where is that coming from? The residents of these cities and towns. And there's no better example, Casey, than what took place in Folly Beach last Tuesday where a referendum, there was a- a, City Council put put out a referendum. There was a question on the ballot that was citizen-driven. 
the petition to put this question on the ballot was driven by the citizens under under okay. Title Five the permanent residents to Folly cap to, to cap the number of short term rentals that could be lo- that could be had on Folly Beach on Folly okay. Beach the 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 island. That referendum was successful, okay. and so now the council will have to pass a, a ordinance uh, an ordinance to cap at eight hundred the number of short term rentals. Okay. To be allowed grandfathering in those that are already in existence. I think the the number that I've seen is around eleven hundred existing short term rentals on Folly Beach, and through attrition, they will get down to that eight hundred number. Let me ask you this: Why do we use the phrase "grandfather in"? Do you know where that comes from? I have no idea. I just said it, and then I thought about it, and I was like, maybe we should say "grandmother in." Well, I don't know why not. I, like, I don't know. I kind of like, like that better. Yeah. So you you spoke to this reporter. Yes. And you told the reporter everything that you thought about it. And then yes. knowing that we were, you know, monitoring this very closely. Yes. Our local elected officials are very interested in this bill. Well, Casey, because how many how many cities have passed some kind of regulation? So it's like I sent I sent thirty, to, twenty, or thirty. Well, I sent to this reporter a list of the ones that we know about. Right, there could be plenty there more. There could be but many more. There are at least twenty five cities 25. and towns okay. in the state that regulate short term rentals in some way. Okay, okay, either through a standalone ordinance or through their zoning ordinance or mm-hmm. or some other means. Okay, okay. And there are probably many more. Those are just the ones we know about. And I shared that with uh, with the reporter. Also shared with the reporter our commentary to Revenue and Fiscal Affairs when they asked us for a fiscal impact statement on thirty two. What what's the bill number? I, don't I can't know. remember I don't whichever bill Representative head. Hewitt uh, introduced. So um, I then went into the lobby. And spoke with the lobbyist for the real estate uh, industry and suggested to her that we need to sit down, as we, we've talked about a couple of times and just haven't done it. 3253, 32, 3253 is the bill number, House Bill 3253. Suggested to her that all of the interested parties need to sit down at a table because what we do know is that language is being developed – uh, by the Legislative Audit Council, none of which that we have seen. I don't know if anybody else has seen it, but language is being developed without our input. And I, I suggested to the lobbyists that we don't want to fight, but we will. Right. And we're prepared to. That's right. Very so what we need to do is come together as the interested stakeholders, all agree on our boundaries, mm-hmm. set our ground rules, then go together if we can and suggest that this is how we do it. But what this tells me is, and and the reason they held their press conference was to discuss and release some report okay. that they commissioned through Joey Von Nessen, who's an economist over at South Carolina, University uh-huh. of South Carolina, to talk about that and the fiscal and the economic impact that short-term rentals have on the state and that sure. kind of thing. No, nobody's denying that. Nobody is questioning. Yeah, and and the importance right. of the short-term rental industry and sure. its positive economic effects. That's right. On the state, right. however, nobody nobody's questioning those that. positives come at a cost potentially 
to the quality of life issues that's right that our cities and towns are primarily interested in protecting and that that's what they're focused on when they hear from residents right not about the, not the revenue right i mean the, the revenue that is derived from local accommodations tax from business license taxes that are generated by short term rentals is secondary at at best secondary right to the primary concern and need to protect the quality of life, particularly in residential parts of cities and towns. So okay. um, that, as we have said repeatedly, is our number one legislative goal this session is to protect that regulatory authority. And in fact, Casey, if you'll recall from HLAD last week when, we, right. when we had the mayor's meeting, yep. Ooh, yeah. the Association of South Carolina Mayors came together and we had a discussion about this issue. And those mayors were very clear to us and adamant Mm -hmm. that we, as the municipal association, were to protect their regulatory authority. And I'm not saying that they are unwilling to consider any sort of concessions or compromises, but if they are willing to do that, then those will be extremely limited. Right. Right. And they were very – they had – they had some great ideas um, to help educate, you know, other cities about short-term rentals and share ideas with each other Mm -hmm. um, and share ordinances, which I thought was great. And I, you know, I I love getting, there were probably, there were over 50 mayors in the room just at that time. Um, I thought there were closer, closer to a hundred. No. Okay. Um, I counted. Oh, and um, actually Jake counted and then he miscounted and then he counted again. (laughs) Um, so they, we, we were all in that room and that was, you know, those, I don't know if that was all who was there, but that's who came to that, mm-hmm. to that meeting. And it, it was a lively discussion and it was a great discussion to hear mayors talking to each other about some solutions that they have and how they work it out because they want to please both the business side of short-term rentals yes. and also the residents that called that area home. Look, I think that the majority, if whenever not, you say "look here" or "look," I know it's. <laughs> I'm I, about to get told. I think the majority of those 25 cities and towns, if not all of them, have struck a good balance mm-hmm. between the interests of those short-term rental business owners and the residents that have come to those city councils demanding solutions to the proliferation of STRs into res- into their residential neighborhoods. Right. Most cities, I think just about all of them have struck a good balance. Yeah. No one is no one is more favored than the other when it comes to these regulations that cities and towns have put together so far. Heck, nothing's too extreme. So, I mean, as an example, we had the short-term rental session last week mm-hmm. with uh, Mayor Stephen Murray from Beaufort yeah, and Mayor and Robert Halfacre Baker. from Clemson. Right. And uh the 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 allocations, if you will, of the number of STRs that are would be allowed, particularly in Beaufort, because they've set some limits in their neighborhoods on how many can be located mm-hmm. in particular zoning areas and neighborhoods. Right. They're nowhere near reaching that capacity yet. Right. There's right. room for that to grow. So um now, Folly Beach, a little bit different story. Right. 1,100. They want to shrink it down to 800. Okay. 
you know, maybe that's the right number, 800. Who knows? We'll find out going forward. Well, maybe maybe for a beach town, but right. beach town and maybe college town, you know, you've got two different. You, you That just makes the point. What different. you just said was that it's it, there are different places with different needs. Greenville has different needs than Clemson. Yes. And they still are close to each other. Yep. But Clemson has got Go Tigers football games every weekend in the fall or close to every weekend. And yep. then you've got spring sports, baseball. Then you got basketball. You got, you know, you same with Columbia. Right. It's it's a solution that has to be made and devised at the local level. Right. Now are there ways that the short-term rental industry should come up to par with the rest of the accommodations industry, the hotel industry? Yes. Like state, statewide is what you're talking Correct. about. Right. Yes. To be treated, to be on equal footing. Right. Or so, being treated equal as like a hotel or bed and breakfast. So, so hotels and uh, let's B&Bs, say B&Bs probably. maybe have specific regulations that they have to follow f- at the state level Okay, in terms of... Uh, you know, being registered with the real estate commission or or whomever. I you know, I don't know what I don't know what all what they all are, but there's a whole bevy of regulations at the state level okay. that apply to accommodations industries like hotels, motels, beds and beds mm-hmm. and breakfasts. Those do not apply at this point to short term rentals. If the General Assembly wants to start with regulating short term rentals or mm-hmm. doing something with short term rentals, I would suggest that the the best place for them to start is putting those short-term rental operators and owners on a more level footing right? with other traditional. Just make it fair to everybody. Uh, other traditional right? hotels. Yes. I mean, that's yeah. what you'd be doing. That's where they, that's where they need to concentrate their efforts. Right. The general assembly does. Um, I think that would be a great first start. And then if there are, if there are issues beyond that, um, then we can, we can explore them. But reaching into reaching into the every city and town across the state and, right. and dictating what they can and can't do uh, is is not a good Scott, is not would a good you, thing to do. Would you say that doing that would just create more red tape at the state level that business owners would have to cut through? Well, it's either you put the same red tape in front of the short-term rental operators as you do hotels Correct. or you cut the red tape for the hotels. And then we're getting into a public safety issue. Right. That's right. right. Yeah. So I don't think that that is, that's the direction we need to go in, no. but putting these STRs, making them com- uh, adhere to the same rules and re- and regulations as the, as the rest of the hotel Accommodations industry, industry is something yeah. that should be, it should be, First and foremost, before we start diving into 271 cities and towns business. Okay. Is that fair? Is that all you have to say about that? Well. Yeah, it is fair. And I I, I think we've got um, we got a good argument here, here. Here's here's what I will say. I don't think this is out of the realm of I'll, I'll good send, common I'll sense. Put press this message to our listener. You need to reach out to your house member. You need to reach out to the House 3M committee office and let them know because that's where this bill is it's in it's in 3m right it is it's in 3m and and scott there's a whole new bevy of uh co-sponsors on this bill Mm. if you haven't looked at it recently do you want me to list yeah let's list them all right um so hewitt is the primary sponsor Mm -hmm. melissa aremus from aiken right um kill martin he's a new rep this year 
um, J. Moore, J. A. Moore, um, R. J. May, Lucas Atkinson, hey, Jackie Hayes, uh, Ben Connell from Camden, um, Hager, Roger Kirby, uh, Bailey, and Schusler. A lot of freshmen on there. A lot of freshmen on there. Um, but you know, I think with some education, interesting back home, which is what because there was only really three, there were only three originally. It was Hewitt. It was only Aremus, Hewitt and Aremus for a while, and then Trantham, Ashley Trantham. She's I not on she there. Was on there. She's not oh, on there she anymore. Okay. Okay. No. Nope. Well, so obviously somebody's been doing some work to try and make this thing look bipartisan because you've got some Democrats on there as That's well. That's right. That's um, right. So, you know, that— Listener, you need to be reaching out to your representative and telling them they need to start— they need to work on state-level regulations, mm-hmm. sending STRs into compliance with state regulations before they turn That's their right, attention before they to mess the local, around with local stuff. Um, and, that, and repeat the message that— Local officials have to be left alone to work with their residents to address these issues with short-term rentals. The residents are coming to the to you and asking for solutions. They're not going to your house members. No, nope. they're turning to you, and you're best equipped to to answer their request for help. So, reach out to your house member, tell them you don't support thirty-two fifty-three. Um, if, if anything's going to take place, it needs to take place at the state level with regard to regulations at the state level on these short-term rentals. Um, I'm very proud you didn't get too worked up. You've had lunch. Well, I was, I was in the board meeting, our board meeting yesterday and, uh, I was asked a question and Todd complimented me on my diplomatic answer so that he could spill the tea the actual tea right <laughs> which is i mean not diplomatic coming from you because i wanted to be you know as respectful as i could right. be that's right to the people i was talking about well, that was very nice but, new but that and but, refreshing but that broke down very quickly right. and we <laughs> later on yeah we went into and went ahead and bashed whoever it was we were talking about um, no, none of our people none of, of our course people. of yeah. course not yeah um scott let's circle back to the trivia question okay I'm going to repeat the question sure. for Vicky, Greg, or Seth. Of the most common city names found across the United States, how many of these names are used by South Carolina cities? Now, I told you the answer, which yep. is four, mm-hmm. but you have to name them. I can get two right off the bat. Okay. Greenville. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Greenwood. Uh, incorrect. Greenwood's not on there. No, sir. Oh, okay. Greenville. Greenville is. Hmm. Georgetown. Oh, correct. That's two. You have two more. Charleston. Negative. Ghost Rider. Mm. Columbia. Negative again. Hmm. Boy, now I'm really stumped. I got two of the four. You have two of the four. The other two are. Tell me where they are. Small to mid-sized cities. Small to mid-sized cities. Um, one. I mean, I can tell you. Tell me which I'll, county it's I'll in. I'll tell you. One is in Lawrence County. Clinton. Yes. Where okay. the T is sweet and the T is silent. Yep. Clinton. And where's the other? Uh, I, think, I think it's in Lexington County. That's got to be Lexington. No. no? Negative Ghost Rider. Uh, Again. It's not Swansea. Cannot buzz not tower. Not It's not Casey. It may not be in Lexington County. Oh, that doesn't help me, Jerry. 
I sorry for, at the at the risk of perpetuating too much dead air. Right, Spr- Russell. Springfield. Springfield. Is that in Lexington County? No, Springfield is not in Lexington County. I knew County. that. I, I was thinking of Springdale. You're speaking of. You're thinking of. Springdale. I was thinking of Vicky. Okay, so I got three. I got three of them. So Springfield is the second most common city name. Springfield, Illinois, appearing in 41 states, including wow. South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Greenville is the fourth most common, with 30 Greenvilles in total. Mm-hmm. And Clinton is the sixth most common with 29. Now, I doubt Georgetown is the 10th most common with 23. Mm-hmm. Do you think that people pronounce Clinton, Clinton? No, they say Clinton. Clinton. Well, even, right. in, even in Arkansas, where the home of Bill Clinton, right. they say Clinton. Clinton, not, not Clinton. Clinton. Yeah. Okay. It's different. And Georgetown. Now, I w- unlike if you go to Lancaster and run the risk of getting cut. Right. I don't think Clinonites will cut you if you mispronounce it. They just are accustomed to that. Right. And right? they just, well, yeah. We I can't ask, say, I can't say the some, same for Macby. We could ask some Clin, Clin, we'll Clintonians if right. we need to. I remember back uh, when, when Clinton was president, I saw a show. It was one of the comedy shows, I guess. How old were you during that period? <sighs> I worked on the 96 campaign. Oh, I'll wow. just put it that way. You know what? I graduated from high school in 1996. There was a sign, the 96, the 96 presidential. That was my first election. I was 18, I and that was the first time I was able to vote. I was working in Washington at that time. <laughs> but there was a sign. There were two road signs, state road signs, directional signs. One the said Clinton, prosperity. One said Clinton, yeah. one said prosperity. Yeah. So you knew that. You'd seen that one. Yes, I had seen that. Yeah, that was a That's that, was, that was really funny. Back yeah, in the that day. election was the first time that I was able to vote. And because that that sign was on how he is seventy six on that side of twenty six, or is so. it one seventy six? Seventy six. Yeah. yeah, I always get those two mixed up because they they crisscross too. That's right. You know, they go back and forth across the interstate. It's hard to keep up with them. Sometimes one of my favorite mayors of all time. I met him when I first started working here sixteen years ago. He passed away recently, but he was the mayor of Prosperity. Larry okay. Potts. Larry Potts. I think. Spots. Is that right? Somebody Larry. from somebody from Prosperity will correct Larry. us. He brought me a hat, and I really appreciated that. Okay, what else have we got? Is that it? That's it. Have we beaten the short-term rental issue to death? Not yet. Um, We're going to talk about that every week, I think. I, Especially I think, as this thing heats up. It's just... Yeah. I just get worked up Larry about Spots. it. Larry Spots. Larry yes. Spots. I get worked up about it. Yes. Um, And... I assume the Post and Courier will have an article on it tomorrow. Everybody, we need to look out for that. I'm sure that'll be in Daily News, so we can share yes. that. Mr. Producer, can, make sure that that gets in the um, Daily News tomorrow. And I think we are getting, Scott, it is late February, which to you it's April. Yeah. So we're getting to the point where it is really, really important that everybody pay attention to Dome Deer Home and the From the Dome to Your Home podcast. Yeah. The weekly report and the podcast and any text messages, phone calls, emails that you receive from us because we're going to start, things are going to start to pick up a little bit because people are going to start to realize that they're going to lose some weeks with the budget. They're yep. going to lose some weeks with a couple of house furloughs. And then all of a sudden we're at crossover That's in right. April. So we, we really need everybody to kind of have their antenna up right now. I agree. Okay. Like us. Follow us. You think, people, a, you think a, people like us? 
Yeah, on the on the apps. Oh, uh, you're talking about uh, on the you're Spotify talking about Twitter and, all that apps. and yeah. the uh, Well no no no, not Twitter. Oh, but on the podcast on like the podcast follow. Apps. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 follow us, like us, give us the stars. Uh, aren't there like stars, Mr. Producer, that you can press? Like a like a rating, a, give us a five star rating. Yeah. Okay. How about that? I don't know what we'll that do does that. for us, but I guess Whatever. It help, maybe it helps promote us. Well, have that, them promote would, us, right? Well, we we did would that help us with some like cookies from Crumble or I'm you know, I had a crumble cookie for the I'm first time about. this week. I'd never had one. Was, I didn't know it was a chain. Is it good? It's big. It's a, they're huge cookies. Soft? Yeah, big, huge, soft cookies. Delicious? It, I enjoyed it. Yeah, the yeah. one that I had. Well, let's, let's it was cut. It too much, Jerry. Hey, I couldn't well, eat it all. L- let's cut that sugar intake, okay? <laughs> Remember, we're sticking to Mediterranean. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you next week. Be sure to follow the Municipal Association's podcasts on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Find the latest from the Municipal Association on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and the Association's website, masc.sc.